Welcome to Yellow Mensa, exploring cross-centered contextual justice in the South African context. Yellow Mensa is a ministry of Isumambano, Center for Biblical Justice. I am your host, David Kluter, and with me is John Skiepers, my man. Hey, everybody. Yep. Guys, today we have with us Pastor Peter Macapella uh, from Christchurch Strand, located in Nomzamu. And for this, want to give a shout out to the people. Hey, thank you guys for welcoming me here and uh, hello to everyone. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Welcome to this. Uh, guys, we're starting our, this is our third part of our, of our series, uh, Not All Viruses Are Equal, in which we are reflecting on the impact uh, which COVID-19 uh, could have on communities which are already suffering mm-hmm. uh, under the impact of uh, long-term structural inequality and the legacy of spatial apartheid, as well as reflecting on the role which the church could play, both during the, the present crisis as well as the long-term crisis of the prevailing legacy of structural inequality um, around issues such as housing, sanitation, um, and spatial apartheid. Uh, and finally, we are uh, hoping to connect you with uh, some people, uh, i.e., uh, Pastor uh, Macapella over here, some people who and organizations who are not only engaged in particular efforts to combat the immediate crisis of COVID-19, but who have a proven track record over many years of working uh, to both alleviate the effects of as well as uh, dismantle the legacy of structural inequality and, and spatial apartheid. Today, we, uh, we want to get... Uh, uh, the views or the viewpoints from from a pastor. Uh, what is it like to pastor during this time uh, of dual crisis, uh, uh, the immediate and long term uh, crisis of inequality which exists in South Africa? Uh, just as a note as well, everyone, due to the social distancing, uh, this podcast is being recorded remotely and we are doing our best uh, to maintain uh, the, the technical quality of the podcast. And we are super, super glad we have the guys from Exilic mm-hmm. on our team who's doing the hard work. Props to Jeremy and the guys. Uh, so they're going to they're gonna clean up um, as best they can uh, on our side. Back to you, Pastor Peter Macapella. Uh, welcome to Yellow Mensa. This is not your first time on, on, on the podcast. Uh, you were actually one of our first guests on Yellow Mensa. Uh, how, how, how is it being back? Yeah, no, thank you very much. It's good that I'm back here um, uh, with you guys to have this interview today. Wonderful. Um, I must first say that uh, I struggle with uh, sinuses. So if I give one or two sneezes, please forgive me. Uh, but it's good to be back here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at least we are at no, distance. No, no, no worries, no worries. We, 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 we understand, brother. We understand. It's not what, it's not what we think. It's what not what we think thinking. and what people are thinking. <laughs> I can hear the guy laughing here in the background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Mfundis, can you, can you please share with us a little bit about yourself, um, about the church you pastor and the community that you work in? Yeah, I, as I've been introduced, my name is Peter Macapella. I'm married to Nompumelelo. We have three girls, and we are ministering here in this township uh, popularly known as Nomzamo. Uh, yes, we've been here now, I think it's about 13 years now, We when we planted oh, wow. this church back in 2007. 
Yeah, the community sure. that we're ministering in is, is in the township, and uh, most of the houses here are RTP houses, uh, but the, the majority mm. being informal settlements. Uh, so that's the community sure, sure. we're ministering. Mm. Um, as a pastor, how are you feeling about uh, the potential threat, which is COVID-19, to your community uh, medically, uh, of course, but also economically and socially? Uh, does it change the way you've been, or has it changed the way that you've been pastoring so far? Hey, bro, I'm really worried. Uh, yes, life yes. goes on here in this township. People are partying and drinking. They worry not about this virus. And to be honest, it looks like many people don't even care. Yes, Yesterday I was sure. in, a, in, in a short prayer with few pastors. And even those pastors, uh, really, they looked to me that these guys are living as if there's no coronavirus. There's no worry about shaking sure. hands, no worry about distancing. Uh, people are just, they, they are very ignorant. So that, that's my fear, really, at the moment. And mm-hmm. my worry, Dave, is that, really, if this thing hits the township, it's uh, it's really because of the environment that we are living in. It's really be sure. gonna be uncontrollable. Uh, so so those are my fears at the moment, and and my other fear is the issue of poverty. Because if, for instance, yeah. uh, the president announces today that there's gonna be a shutdown, I, I hope that he's not gonna announce that before the first, because people have no food as we talk. Uh, they have to wait for the first wow, in order sure. for them to wow. get paid so that they can go and buy food. So, so, so at the moment, those are my concerns. And, and also, mm. there, there is no, uh, f- there are no food soldiers from the Department of Health, from any government se- sectors, no food soldiers who are moving around educating people about this virus. I, I think the wow. government is dependent mostly on social media. Of which, when I look at sure. the people who are roaming around the streets, they care less about such in the social media. But yeah, so so those are my concerns at the moment. And for this, can I just? I mean, you've indicated one of the reasons why you think people are not um, seem to be not taking this seriously is that there is a lack of education and reliant on social media, which of course requires you to have a phone yeah. and to have sufficient data. Um, to be on that, which obviously can be a challenge when you don't have sufficient food. Are there any other reasons that you feel that perhaps people are not taking this as seriously as you think they ought to be? From the church's side? Uh, well, I know, just from anybody in society's side, yeah. really. Just why are people in your community not necessarily taking this that seriously? Yeah, two reasons. Uh, from the community... There is a thinking, I don't know where that comes from, that this disease is the white man's disease and also it's the Chinese disease. And there's there's also Mm -hmm. been false information that has crept in that that this uh, COVID-19 disease cannot enter the black skin. Um, so, So those are some of the things that are happening. Yeah, from the wow. church's side, there's too much of spiritualization of this. Uh, just like yeah. just, just yesterday, somebody said to me, uh, no coronavirus formed against me shall prosper. 
I will shake sure. anyone's hand. Sure. Uh, I was like, eh, uh, I was very disappointed because the person I was talking to is a person who has been a Christian way longer than me. Uh, so so, so right. there are those issues here, John, that are, are really a, a big yeah. concern to me. Sure, sure. And, and, and just on your personal uh, capacity as a pastor, how visiting people, loving your, your immediate congregants mm. um, and loving then the community, immediate community, um, where you guys are are situated, how has how how this affected your personal pastoral ministry? Right. Yeah, it's 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 very difficult, Dave, uh, because you 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 have you think about yourself and you think about the community where where, where you are. Um, right. Yeah, it's 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 very difficult. Um, yeah, at 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 the moment, um, we're trying our best. Uh, to educate uh, from the little as, as the little people that we the smaller groups that we are meeting in we do our best to educate uh, the community about the about right. this virus and also uh, about the measures that people have to take um, it's very difficult like now we are busy doing some food parcels and we because mm. already there are people who have been asked since last week not to go back to their work and the policy of sure. no work, no pay wow. applies. And in that situation, sure. what do you do? So at the moment we are busy, we have lots of rice here uh, that we were planning to use for the soup kitchen, but we thought we, right. we, we can't keep that. So we've got to look for families that uh, are already starting to be affected by this. Um, so, so yeah, we will do such distributions. Wow, for this, that's yeah, yeah, that's that's that is that is intense. Um, I mean, I was yesterday. I was I was down in Elsie's River myself, and I had a look at the community and the area around. And uh, it is, as you say, uh, even in, in in coloured communities, mm. there is. Uh, I think there's an awareness, but I also think there's a level to which parents don't know what to do with their kids. Right. And, and I've seen a lot of kids just just playing outside as as per usual, and uh, and the parents just 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 don't know. Um, some of them are still at work, and so to to you know th- th- there's no facilities at home to to keep the child or mm-hmm. to, to to care for the child in many ways, and so kids are just being kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I spoke to a particular lady who, who, who already had sanitizers in a in a in a in a, in a house, and uh, I asked, "Wow, you 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 really well prepared?" And she was like, "Yes, uh, I'm well prepared because the local shoprite uh, months ago, before we were even aware of COVID nineteen, right. reduced the prices on these hand sanitizers." And I thought, "Wow, what a great opportunity!" And I got them, and they've been sitting in my house, and this is why I'm unprotected. But she said, "This is not the case for for many houses outside. Right. Um, many other families who who are not protected uh, and who do not just don't have mm. the stuff because the local shop, right? What they would have done, what they what they did was they marked down the prices uh, at the time, uh, and nobody was interested. Sure. So I wonder if if they without any education from 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 the state side on the ground uh, assist. Assisting families in the in the in the uh, you know civic centres and mm. and just p- 
putting out information and, and being a presence there to educate people, you know, if, if, if a couple of months ago people's attitudes towards just basic sanitation was like, listen, I'd rather buy a, I'd rather buy a bread than buy hand sanitizer. Well, like... And if there's no assistance, somebody coming alongside those communities. Yeah. Because even, I mean, I'm just thinking like even with education, and that's an important first step, obviously. Yeah. But if you're hungry, like you're hungry now, like COVID-19 is something we worry about later because I got problems today. Sure. Never mind what's coming tomorrow. Yeah. And so it's both education and as David, I think you alluded to assistance is is vital to, to help you to put that education into practice. practice Otherwise yeah. hand sanitizer or bread It's like What kind of choice is that? What, yep. And what, what kind of a fair choice is that actually sure. When those of us who know The implications of that choice Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's honestly very yeah. difficult guys I'll just, I'll just do a, a practical example Yesterday We had to visit one family at Taylor's Pass And we, when we got there We are actually busy preparing the food parcel for them when we got there, there wasn't even a stove, there wasn't even a pot, there wasn't even a sign that there's cooking that's taking place here. So it's, it's, it's the reality that hits us. What do you choose to buy if you have money? Do you buy a sanitizer for that yeah. person or do you buy bread for that person? So really, those, these sure. are the, the things that you are talking about are the, really, the realities that we are facing uh, in the communities that we that we are uh, that we are ministering to in the midst of this COVID nineteen uh, virus. Wow, yeah, I mean, I mean, churches and particularly pastors in your context just has their work cut out for themselves. Yeah, Mfundis, what what influence could could uh, uh, long term structural inequality have uh, in determining the impact of COVID nineteen on your community? both now in the immediate crisis and in the aftermath as we face uh, a series of economic issues? Yeah, it, David, I think it boils back, my brother, to the issue of land. Because sure. if, if you have a community like that of Sianyanzela in form, formal settlement, 450 families uh, squashed mm. together in a small field, even smaller than the Newlands, with, with hundreds of wow. people uh, sharing one toilet and hundreds sharing one tap, it's uh, really, it's, it's, it's still going to sit with us. If nothing is done about the apartheid structural um, uh, and or special justice, if nothing is done about that, these things are still going to affect us. We are still going to yeah. have people dying of fire. Um, I wish somebody can yeah. do a study in the Western Cape of how many people do we lose due to shake fires. And now there is sure. this uh, terrible thing that's coming to us. I'm honestly praying that it doesn't get to the township. Because if it gets yeah. to Sianyanzela, for instance, uh, there, is, uh, there is just no way there. Even in Sianyanzela, people are squashed together. Uh, this thing that 100 people should not meet, they are meeting as we are talking at Sianyanzela because those shakes are, are squashed together. So it's sure. a problem to answer your question, Such brother. It's a serious problem. Uh, and I think the property developers uh, should swallow their pride and the government uh, and do something about special justice. And I'm emphasizing sure. property developers 
uh, they should lead the way. The white community should lead the way and say that our people are suffering. Uh, because if we are one, if we are a rainbow nation, they should be saying that our people are suffering. Uh, property developers do something about this. And um, mm-hmm. I think the Western Cape government have said that Section 25, as it stands, it can work. Now, they must put their money where their mouth is. They must show us that uh, it can work. Uh, they must open up the other side sure. of the N2 or the other side of the N1 and open up pieces of land so that people can go and stay there, so that if something's like this happen in the future, mm-hmm. uh, then people are spaced in right areas. Uh, otherwise, as things stand, if coronavirus or COVID-19, as it is known, hits that place of Sienyanzela, I'm worried and I have fears that mm-hmm. it's going to sure. be uncontrollable. Vanis, you, you mentioned... Uh just people being laid off much earlier uh, yeah. from their work. Uh, and that has a, as there's an economic effect there. Uh, locally, um, I'm thinking of people getting suppliers, uh, getting getting products from suppliers, you know, spaza shops and all mm. these things. And, and uh, what is, like, just how is, how do you think this will affect that economy, that local economy there um, and the people? Lots of Shisanyama's bra are going to be affected. Uh, sure. And, and many, the, many people are dependent on this. Uh, I'm, I'm just making an example with the Shisanyama's. Uh, because already yeah. uh, we who are well informed, we staying back from buying the Shisanyama's. And, uh, and I think as weeks go by, go, go by Many people are going not to buy at the local Shisanyama, so it's going to affect the local economy in, sure. in, really, in really many ways. Um, uh, lots of the mm-hmm. fruit and veg stands, stands that are all over the street are really going to be affected mm-hmm. big time. So the, the local economy mm-hmm. is really going to suffer uh, because of this. <laughs> and particularly the informal economy, I think. Yes, eh? yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we've spoken a lot, and there's a lot in the media about the impact upon the formal economy, which yes. obviously has a, a a knockdown effect to the poor. But, I mean, yeah. then we're thinking of those who, like you've indicated, even more vulnerable, those who are in the informal economy, yeah. uh, who are very often literally living hand-to-mouth and yeah. uh, day-to-day, mm. um, need-based. And then we, we see others in the light of that, who are stockpiling food mm. and rushing shops. Yeah. Uh, and it's just such a... And I think we... There is enough food. Uh, we've been clear on that. But there's, but not everyone is going to have enough food in this time. Yeah. And I think those are, those are issues that we, particularly as the church, we need to think about. If Unless church just means me and the... F- well, the few people who don't meet, I should say, currently, but who usually meet together, yeah. um, or is, do we have to have a far bigger definition of church, yeah. of what it means to be brothers and sisters, what it means to be a neighbor? Yeah. Um, and particularly, I don't know, I just think when we look at that parable of the Good Samaritan, I keep coming back to it. Mm. It is not insignificant who the good neighbor is, who the neighbor is. Mm. It's the person who's unlike, the person who's different, the person who's hated. Yeah. And uh, 
we, I just feel like we have to keep coming back to that story and interrogating it, not just as a first century parable, but as a story for today. What does it mean to be good neighbors? What does it mean to put someone on your donkey? What does it mean to, to give money to the innkeeper? You know, just, it's easy to leave a story in the first century. Yeah. But we need to bring that story today. And just when I'm hearing you speak, it's just really causing me to interrogate all those those thoughts again. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Yes, I mean, yes, you, yes. You, hint, you hinted at it earlier. Um, sorry, is there something you wanted to say? No, you can go ahead. Okay. Uh, you, you, you hinted at it earlier that your church is doing uh, a couple of really practical things. Uh, is there any other things um, that that your church is doing, uh, or could, or the role that 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 the local churches could play in in the immediate climate of COVID nineteen, uh, in the context that you are, and what role could the broader church, in particular the wealthier church mm-hmm. in wealthier parts of the body, uh, play in supporting the church in the in the poorer and more vulnerable areas of of, of our city, both during the, during this crisis and in in light of the long term crisis of inequality. Mm. Yeah, I think as a, as a local church, I think it's very important, especially with us as pastors who are working in the townships. Uh, we really need to take a lead in this and be examples um, of adhering to the laws that the government have put to us, laws that are meant to protect sure. us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think as township churches and as township pastors are really beg all of us uh, that we adhere mm-hmm. to the policies that have been put to us. They are not meant to harm us. They are meant to protect us. Hmm. They are meant to protect the past members of the community. And I think as a church in the townships, we should take it upon ourselves uh, to teach people in the communities that are surrounding us, to teach them about this uh, COVID-19 virus, and to uh, really Hmm. encourage people in our communities um, to do as the government is encouraging us to do. And I think as the vast uh, church, uh, as, as especially the wealthier churches, um, we there are lots of things that we can do. I mean, if somebody has a domestic worker um, who works in your own house, ask that mm. person not to come to work. Ask them to stay at home, but keep on paying their salaries. And I, I think that's a, that, that's, that's a good thing to do. I mean, if you, I think it was John was talking about a good Samaritan. I mean, if we are believers, mm. if, if you, if you go and buy food in the grocery shop, uh, also think about this person who is working in your garden and who is working in your, in your house. Also buy for them. Um, I mean, I, I, for just for instance, I have a car. I can go around, drive around to look for sanitizers. But many people don't have such. Right. Uh, if they took a taxi right. to ShopRite and there's nothing there, they can't take another taxi and go to a spa, which is a bit far from where they are. So as, as good Samaritans, as uh, children of God, if you buy something, think about those who are working for you as well. And uh, yeah, and also the churches should think um, because if really this thing spreads, it's going to hit more on the townships. The wealthier churches yeah. should think of doing things like food parcels and work together with the 
organizations in the townships who are really hands-on in trying to assist uh, uh, people uh, in this during this time. So that's that, that's yeah, that's all I can say um, uh, at the moment. That yeah, this, these are the things that I think we we could do as churches. For this, I was going to say is that I think you made a very important point as well. As I've seen a number of groups or individuals spring up on Facebook who, uh, particularly from white or wealthiest. Uh, circles, not necessarily churches only, are saying, oh, we're going to make food parcels, we're going to do this, we're going to take them into the townships, we're going to take sanitizer or whatever. But And it's coming from really good hearts. But I think part of just this recognition is that they are already churches, they are already community organizations, they are already people working on the ground, yourself and others who we're interviewing as in part of the series, for instance, and many more. And I just want to encourage those who are listening is if you do have a heart towards helping, try empower the hand. No, not try. Do empower the hands and the yeah. feet of those who are on the ground, who know the needs, who know what to do, and who know what 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 to do. And it might feel like it's one step removed. It might feel like it's a bit like you're not quite helping. But sometimes actually giving money to those who really know what to do is the best way to help, particularly in a crisis like this, in sure. which we need to keep our distance as much as possible. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so just just really yeah. empower and value those who've been working not only during COVID-19, but those who've been working long term. Because I think with those two are integrally rela- uh, related, as we've seen. Yeah, and I think it's 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 a direct call to say, listen, here's here's a church, and mm. uh, and as I know you, um, um, Peter, that you you are a man of the community, and mm, and so. even as, and I think this is this is this is more pointed to us reformed guys who are so isolated mm. in our in our church work and ministry, even in the townships, uh, that you in particular are one of those guys who have even sought to endeavor in just creating healthy relationships, even though you may not always agree theologically with some of the churches in the community, that but creating that healthy community and letting the guys know, or the rest of the the churches know that that you are a presence and that you are a presence for the community. Yeah. And I and I think uh, 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 for those of us listening as well that that this is a way in which again it's another gospel opportunity but it's, at the same time it's it's doing justice for because it, it's what the bible says yes. and here's a church that's 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 doing the stuff that you can come alongside with who who are doing more than just justice but seeking to be an actual incarnational presence Amen. both gospelly sure. but also in terms of justice not just with other churches but with the community as well mm-hmm. and that that dual responsibility and and burden that 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 you carry and we need to as evangelicals, reformed evangelicals, come out of that space where we are so... I mean, we've been in quarantine. <laughs> we've been in isolation uh, in many ways, theologically, on our own. And I think this is wake, asking us to wake up in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean we always have to agree with everything else that's yeah. going on, but we have to say, how can we take hands particularly um, here and and see that sure. as an opportunity, not to bash and ask where's your healing and yeah. your kinds of things, and just just be the church, love uh, one another, love one another, mm-hmm. um, do the hard thing. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, um during the water crisis in Cape Town, there was a a lot of talk about the structural inequality uh, of access to water between the suburbs and the township. 
there was a new uh, realization for many people of the, the daily realities of life for many of our poorer uh, or poorest and most vulnerable citizens. But once uh, the water crisis was over, it seems uh, like the reality of of it of life uh, without easy access to water for many of our citizens was forgotten. Uh, what are the long-term structural issues that this crisis uh, is highlighting and how can we both as citizens and potentially as the church make sure that these issues are not forgotten once we are back to normal life again? Normal was in air bracket. Yeah, air yeah and in air, yes, yes. air quotes. Air yeah. quotes, yes. yes. Normal <laughs> life, air quotes. Yeah, I mean, the water crisis is gone and the promises were made. Uh, but, mm. yeah, life goes on. Things are still the same. Uh, yeah. When I looked at most of the schools around, there are still no water tanks. I mean, the government promised so many things that will install in our institutions, water tanks. Um, yeah, but things are still the same. And I think maybe we might be shocked again when we are hit again by the water crisis. So, yeah, so if um, long term this uh, uh, really will, um, yeah, if if the issue of structural reforms are not done, uh, yeah, this, this thing, another virus will come and uh, it's going to hit again because um, most of the people who are going to suffer due to this, it's people who live in poor areas and uh, where... Uh, there's no uh, really sanitation, there's no clean running water. Um, yeah, so people are going to struggle a lot. Um, if if the community, if the leaders if the, of the political parties and leaders of business do not work together to address these issues. I'm emphasizing business leaders because they have influence. If business leaders say something, the government will listen to them. And so I think they really need to take a lead in addressing these structural reforms. Uh, Otherwise, we will keep on having these challenges. Sure. I like that you emphasize business leaders because I think there are many, many business leaders and wealthy businessmen and just connected businessmen in so many of our churches. And so it's not an impossibility. It's not something that is just for those people out there. It becomes something that we as the church can practically get involved because the church is involved in these sectors already. And we we need to challenge and we need to provoke and we need to give these 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 men and women a prophetic vision for the fact that things could be different. Yeah. And I think we've seen, even in this crisis already, the way people are responding, you know, the, and it's, yes, they're temporary measures, but things that we, we thought were just normal, that would never, they, we could never do that. We've done it. We've made temporary changes immediately and quickly. And so these structures that are put in place that we say we cannot change, they are man-made. And if we made them, we can change them. And yes, long-term change may take longer. Yeah. But change, we, we've seen it now, even in the last few weeks. We can change things drastically when we have the will to do it. Yes. And for me, that's the question. Do we have the will and do we have the will in the church to do this? Yes. As well, you know, we can talk politics and business and we must. But let's bring it home for a minute, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think just from my side, I think if we're talking, if we're talking, not forgetting, I think one of the things is is maybe we we need to stop with the once offs or situational giving, and we need to sure. partner with projects long term, long term, mm. and say Preach from from a from a from a personal Christian standpoint. Mm. Uh, uh, as I've already worked out my tithing, I've already worked out my spending. Um, Actually, there is a project that's being run by Christchurch uh, Strand. Uh, Strand. Uh, I want to come alongside that project, and I want to be a regular monthly donator giver towards a particular project mm. that's going to that's going to that's going to be sustainable. Mm, mm. Or I'm going to give my time towards a particular project. Mm. Um, uh, we, we we spoke about um, we spoke about organisations, but I think the focus here is on churches. Yeah, and I think there's 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 as, as a parachurch organisation ourselves, I think there's great value in what we do. But I think on the ground mm. uh, where where God is really getting into the 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 the, the, the salvific saving. Uh, reforming, transforming lives is through the local church. And yeah. we can only do what we do good because we are connected to the local church. And so mm. partner with local churches long-term, mm. long-term, long-term, even as you partner with, with many organizations who are mm. on the ground mm. long-term and doing the, the work that's I don't, needed as well. I, I mean, sorry for this. I'm, I'm going to jump in here again. And I know because I know you will never say this, but I'm going to say this, that I don't think we can underestimate even in terms of local long-term structural reform in terms of caring for people in terms of managing crisis i don't think we should underestimate the value of pastors long-term in the community paid loving people educating people getting their hands dirty and so i'm like if we really want to see structural change one of the key things is let's empower the leaders of the communities to do their work and i think pastors are amongst that and we know that there are pastors in the townships who are working two, maybe even three jobs. Yep. And they're faithful, godly men and women trying to do their work. And yet we have churches in the townships with six, seven pastors and coffee shops and all kinds of things. And in the township, you mean? I, from the suburbs, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you, you knew what I meant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we, we need, to, we need to, to talk about those issues, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you you are right, Mpundis. And it's, it's, uh, sometimes it's difficult when you are alone and you really have a lot, mm. uh, a lot that you can do. I mean, talking about the really the future and how to partner with, like for instance, going back to this issue of water. Um, this issue of clean water goes together with what is happening now, because if you don't have clean water to wash your hands or to drink then you are putting your life into risk. Like there are schools that we are partnering with. Those schools um, are really struggling when it comes to water. A uh, lot of charges from the municipality. Uh, I mean, if there are companies out there uh, that could say that uh, we are happy to partner so that we can address this issue of uh, clean water sure. in the future. We are happy to partner and come and put a borehole in the schools that you are partnering with. You see, so those are some of the things that maybe uh, people can do to address uh, the issue of mm. long-term uh, structural reforms in our townships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I'm just going to push on this because I'm just I'm feeling the fire here. Is if we're doing an evangelical outreach? Yes. And those are important. And evangelism outreach, you're doing a mission trip. We can raise thousands. 
hundreds of thousands sometimes even quickly. Yeah. But yet to put a clean water that will save lives, that will drastically change quality of life for people in a community. Yeah. You yeah. don't think that's spiritual enough right here, right now yeah. Yeah. that in a community, uh, we don't think that that is a spiritual activity. And I have to ask, like, are we reading the same scripture sometimes? Yeah. Because for me, that is profoundly loving my neighbor. Yeah. And I think the Old Testament has lots of guidelines, lots of paradigms to point us in that direction. And so I think we, certainly those of us in the wealthier churches, we need to really have a hard, long, hard look at what we consider mission, at what we consider um, loving, at what we consider the gospel at work. Yeah. Um, it is evangelism. Of course we need to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. But what is what is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus we're telling people about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't agree with you more on that for this. Hmm. Finally, Peter, is uh, are there any really practical ways? Uh, and I know we've we've we spoke about this uh, a lot, but are there any uh, practical ways our listeners could assist your church and others like them working in similar communities um, in the vital work that you guys do out there, and not only during this crisis but during the everyday crisis? everyday crisis, which is our supposed post-apartheid city. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, at, at the moment, as I can, uh, as I think that it is going to be a problem in the next two months or so, um, I think uh, food parcels are really uh, in need at the moment. Uh, I mean, when I talk about that, I'm talking about dry issues like rice and tin, tin, tin foods, um yeah things that are going to last uh, for long that people can can use um yeah uh, sanitizers i need um so if really people can when you buy at the shop you buy extra and come and donate so that we can distribute to those uh, to the communities um yeah that that i need i think those are some of the things uh, that 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 could help yeah. Fundis, can we put your email below this podcast so that if people want to get involved, they can contact you? Or is there a better way to contact or donate? Or how, 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 if people are saying, yes, I want to do that, how do they do that? Yeah, people can contact me on my email and my cell phone number as well. I'm not scared to put my cell phone number as well. So they can contact me at 73 and I repeat again, 073-767-5510. Or else send me an email at P, P for Peter, uh, P Macapella, M-A-K-A, P-E-L-A, at gmail.com. Um, so they can contact me in those contacts. Wonderful. And we will make those details available on the link as well. That's right. That's right. Wonderful. With that, yeah. Thank you, thank you for for being with us, Peter. Mm. Um, it was such a such a such a joy hearing mm. your your voice again, and and again just having you on on the podcast mm. and your heart for your community and your people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 encouraging and challenging to me always at the same time. Sure. No, thanks, guys, for your time. I'm, I just hope that the president will not announce the shutdown because people have to wait for, the, for, for to be paid. Uh, others get paid on yeah. the 25th, others get paid sure. on the 1st. 
Otherwise, if a shutdown is introduced now and people have no food in their houses, it's going to be a crisis. But thank you very, very much for your time yeah. and for this. Uh, uh, thank sure. you very much, John and David. We appreciate what you're doing. Well, our only hope is that the government will put in measures in place and yeah. uh, have people on the ground to mm. facilitate those, 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 the needs, the needs of the people mm. in in the poorer communities. Yeah. Everyone, guys. We're signing out, so follow us on Yella Mensa on Twitter uh, or Isimbano on Facebook. Get involved in the discussion. Uh, give us your comments. Give us your feedback. Yeah. Uh, if you found this helpful, the series, please share, like, again, comment. Um, this audio was produced by Exilic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find them at www.exilic.co.za. Uh, I'm David signing out, and I'm John saying we got work to do. Mensa, was jelane, bleef weg, and be safe. <laughs>